raise up who will not stand for any attack on the pastor. Surround the pastor with men and women of God who are able to pray. But not only pray, but to be able to know when to fight. Father, your church needs to put first things first and that is to pray. And Lord, that we won't just say we pray, but we'll actively pray. We're going to be praying for your will. We're going to be praying for your under-shepherd. We're going to be praying for your preacher. We're going to pray for your pastor. We're going to pray for the people. We're going to pray for victory. We're going to pray for healing. We're going to pray for deliverance. We're going to pray that every plot of the enemy will be torn down. We're going to pray. Welcome to Praying for Our Pastors Fellowship. I'm your host and pastor, uh, teacher, and author, Taryn Gaddis. October has always been recognized worldwide as Pastor Appreciation Month or Clergy Appreciation Month. It's the call to honor and acknowledge our pastors, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. So whether you're sitting in a pew or standing in a pulpit, this is going to be an incredible time to listen and learn as we hear from pastors who are in the trenches and they're still trusting God even today. Last week we heard from, heard from some great leaders about the heartache and the heartbreak and the hardship as they share in this virtual story time. And today we have another amazing pastor who has per persevered through the pressures of preaching hope while going through hell. Pastor Will, will you induce yourself please? My name is Pastor Anthony Wilcox, uh, known as Pastor Will. I have the privilege of, uh, of pastoring the Bible Days Church in Houston, Texas. And it is my honor to share in whatever Pastor Gaddis is doing. <laughs> well, Pastor Will, you know you are, you are near and dear to my heart. And so what we really are doing during this time is that we're just simply sharing stories um, virtually about um, a season where you had to preach and in a season that was not conducive to preaching and how you had to make it to the pulpit, regardless of what was going on in your own life, that we can encourage uh, pastors to keep on going and then encourage members to to pray for their pastors. Pastor Gaddis, I've given some thought to this and I actually have two brief uh, examples of that in my ministry. And if you will allow, yes, sir. Uh, I'd like to share both of them, uh, Pastor. The one that stands out um, and may be typical for some, I pastored the uh, Liberty Baptist Church in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And uh, a church growing and extending. And the Lord laid on my heart to go uh, to a theater, a uh, historic theater in our city, in that city at that time. And uh, the large portion of the membership was on board, uh, but there were a few who um, 
who were opposed. Um, and so we, we made the move. Um, it was where we were having service. We weren't purchasing the place, but we were having service. Those who did not move, Pastor Gaddis, uh, made a lot of ruckus because they were upset. There were those who were opposed to um, my moving the church there. And so they accused me uh, of stealing, stealing money. It just so happened that I had uh, an audit by uh, uh, an accounting firm that nobody had connection to. And it was all God. It was all God. Um, but in the midst of the situation, uh, it got nasty. We ended up in court and we didn't have bylaws. A lot of things surfaced and it created a, a big ruckus. The newspapers picked it up and they said I was, uh, you know, accused of stealing. And at that time, it was very traditional Baptist church. Uh, at that time, all of the church's ministries had bank accounts. Uh, oh, wow. The choir had a bank account. The usher board had a bank account. I mean, it was old school. And so when the papers picked it up, I think they said we had like 22 accounts, uh, bank accounts. Each ministry had its own bank account. But I didn't have anything to do with that. That was the way they did business prior to my coming. But it made for just a, a, a terrible story and, and, and imagery of the church. And I was at the center because I was the pastor. And so we had depositions and it was just a, a terrible time. My kids were asking me, you know, daddy, why would they say you stole money? And, you know, I, I, I was a, um, a public figure. And so I couldn't go anywhere in the city without people whispering and pointing fingers and so it was just really a, a tough time. Uh, in the courtroom, uh, you know, those who were opposed laughed and scorned. And it was just, it was hell. Because, number one, uh, I wasn't raised to steal, never stole anything in my life. Uh, well, one time I did steal a bag of potato chips and my mama <laughs> Made me take her back in there and apologize to the neighborhood store, Don's store. Uh, but that was the only time I ever stole anything. Um, and so it was It was really, really, Gaddis, that was hard for me. Yeah. And in the midst of, in court every day, um, all of your, in, all of, those who were opposed to my ministry, my person, my family, they were just nasty. It was ugly. Yeah. And so I had to preach through it. Uh, every Sunday I had to preach through it. I don't know how well I did, though, because 
Gaddis, you learn in that situation that you have members who are for you. You have some members who are, uh, who make up the opposition. Uh, they're there. But the real challenge is trying to keep the members on the fence. You had people on the fence who didn't want to be involved with a church that was going through this kind of thing, who didn't want to be involved in a church that was in the paper for where the pastor was stealing. Um, just the accusation, just, just the fact that it had just blown up and was the talk of the town. And so those were the persons you were really fighting for because they're the ones who, who grow the church. Yeah. It's not really the people who are on your team that grow the church. They're tithers, they're supporters, but they're not really the ones who are talking the church up. Yeah. They're always with you, no matter what, they're with you. Mm -hmm. Then you got the other group that's opposed to you. So you got two groups there, but it's the ones on the fence that talk up the church. They're the ones who say, come, I want you to see the church I'm involved in. Come, I, I want you to hear my pastor. I want you to hear the choir. And, and so it's the persons, it, it, it's that group that's on the fence that, that, end up becoming what the fallout cost yeah. yeah that 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 becomes the expense of the experience wow and and so i i confess there i didn't do i didn't do very well because my anger I'm looking at the people who have created the problem every Sunday and somehow they found their way in my sermon because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was upset about it. Yeah. I was not mature enough, maybe toward the end, maybe toward the end. And this went on for me for maybe a year, a year and a half toward the end because I, I lost not just some people on the fence, but I lost some people on my team who did not appreciate the fact that I had become bitter and I would preach and these persons would find their way in my sermon. And my wife, my wife had to help me there too. She said, Anthony, you, you, you need to bag up. Yeah. You need to bag up. You're not handling this very well. And, and it wasn't my intent to beat up the people who caused the problem. I just found myself defending myself. And, and that wasn't good for the people on the fence. It wasn't, good. it wasn't good for anybody. But I had to try and preach hope as best I could. But on more than one occasion... I, I would aim my ire at those who were responsible for this blow up. Mm -hmm. um, it ended up turning out okay, C plus. Um, and when I say that, I mean the judge ruled in my favor. Mm -hmm. 
the judge, um, um, oh, it was, there was so much now that I think about it, that I'm, hands are shaking. It was just a, a traumatic experience. When we got through the financial part, we couldn't really make, the judge couldn't really make a ruling because we didn't have bylaws. And so I was saddled with framing bylaws and the judge said, I want the church to have three seats, but I want pastor to have four seats. And so in so many words, she was giving me uh, what I needed to to get the church in order by giving me more seats than she gave the church. Mm -hmm. And so when it came down to vote, obviously I had more votes than, than they did because she saw that I was honest and that the um, audit showed that I hadn't taken anything. Mm -hmm. So it was just a, just a really messy time that I, I, I didn't handle very well, and I kind of learned on the job. I kind of learned in the midst of losing some key people, uh, losing some of those on the fence. Not everybody, but I lost the majority of those on the fence. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it was just, it was, it was difficult. That was difficult. The second situation that was tough for me, Gaddis, was the loss of my mom. That was really, really, it was a different kind of struggle than, than this financial one uh, at the church where I, I pastored uh, Liberty Baptist in Elizabeth. When I came home to Houston, my dad asked me to take the church. So I left uh, Liberty in Elizabeth and, and, and I left on great terms. They, they didn't want me to leave, uh, but we got through that uh, that kerfuffle. So now I'm in Houston. Um, my my dad passed, and that was a dust up with my um, my stepmom. Um, and I love her and appreciate her, but we had a little difficult time there. And I make mention of that because I was very, very close to my dad, extremely close to my father and, and my two brothers as well. I, I want to mention them, Pastor Sherman, Prophet Otis. They were just as close uh, to my father as I was. But dad wanted me to take the churches uh, to be over everything. And so we were close. His funeral was difficult. And he and I were closer than my mom and I. Okay. And when I say that, I, I don't mean that there was any distance with my mom. It was just that my dad and I shared so many things, pastoring and evangelistic travel and uh, people and, you know, money and saving and uh, there was just so much, so much we shared that made us close. But I handled his service much better than I did my mom. My, my mom's loss, I was like paralyzed. I was like paralyzed. And I'll share this one little incident that th there was a, there was a day when 
it sort of all came in on me, just kind of collapsed on me. And I remember, and I hadn't cried. But I remember Gaddis sitting sitting on the sofa in my bedroom. We have a nice love seat there, and I was seated there. And uh, I was I was trying to frame a message, and I don't know why, but it just all fell in on me, just like from out of nowhere, just came. And so I got a call from uh, Barnes and Noble that I had some books coming in that I I ordered. And so uh, I'm I'm wrestling with the loss of mom. I'm thinking about her, uh, the kind of life she lived. She was she was good people, but she and my dad divorced, and she kind of had a hard tough way. We were close. I send her money wherever I was. I'd fly her to me. If I was preaching somewhere every holiday, I'd fly her to Houston to be with me. When I was in Jersey, I'd fly her to Jersey. And uh, I'm struggling that day though, uh, Gaddis. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. And so I try to get up. I try to get up from the sofa and I'm paralyzed. It's like I can't I can't move. So I can't get the message together. I'm I'm, I'm reading, I'm writing, sketching and nothing's coming together. And so I just kind of push the books away, tablets, my laptop, push everything away. And so I'm just boohooing, man. Just crying and uh somebody i don't know somebody sends me a a, a facebook something comes up mm-hmm. and it's it's out of nowhere and i don't know i'm i'm hurt and i'm thinking about her and how much she loved me and all she did for me. And for some reason, Gaddis, I kind of lash out at somebody. Somebody said something. And so I lash out. And it's, that's really not like me. But I'm in a different headspace. It just emotions. Uh, this grieving thing has got me by the throat. And so... Uh, <coughs> And I can't remember, Gaddis, now what I said, but I, I used a little profanity and it goes out on Facebook. And so all my friends see it and they know that's not me. So I get this flood of calls and emails and text and Facebook messages and DM. I mean, just flood yeah. friends from around the country. And I'm really not thinking I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, 
but I can't, I can't get up. You had to somehow physically, I can't get up uh, and I'm trying to get up. And I'm thinking if I could just get out of this room, I'd be all right, but I can't get up. And so, uh, I don't know if somebody reaches my wife some kind of way. She, she reaches me. She didn't, she didn't know I was having this moment mm -hmm. and uh, she prays for me and whatever it was kind of broke. Um, and so I get up, you know, get my face together and I get to Barnes and Noble to get my books. And when I walk in, I feel so much better. I think I spent two, two and a half hours just walking around reading. I bought a few more books and I can't explain why that made me feel better. But I get to church that Sunday. Uh, I have a message. I don't know how well prepared it is. And I told my congregation, I said, y'all, I'm, I'm hurting. I said, I, um, I gave you this. I told him, I told him, I said, I'm, I gave you this message. I said, but I'm, I'm really, I'm really hurting. Yeah. And one of the mothers of the church got up and said, come down here, pastor. And I guess, Gaddis, maybe 10 or 12 of our uh, mothers of the church, pray, praying people, they, they brought a chair down and had me sit in it. And they, they gathered around and laid hands on me. And them old ladies prayed me through, man. Them old ladies they, they prayed me through. And my congregation embraced me yeah. and where I I had I had I had nothing nothing to give and I had nothing to give Gaddis. But they gave to me that day. They gave to I mean and they always give to me but that day they they gathered round and uh, they held me high. They held me high. So, so the next Sunday, you know, <laughs> six days passed and I had to stand up there and uh, talk for Jesus again. Mm -hmm. Those were two, and I, I've had many, uh, but those were the two Gaddis that that were the most difficult. I, I lost my big brother, Donald. Uh, he was minister at our church. His was the hardest funeral I ever preached. Uh, uh, and that next Sunday, I remember singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. And we never had service that day. It was just... 
one of those moments. So I, I've, I've had many, but the two I just shared, Gaddis, and I hope it didn't take too long, uh, were were the most the most difficult uh, for me, and I can't say that I handled them very well, uh, Gaddis, and, and 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 I don't say that to be falsely humble. I just know how serious you take your work and I want to be transparent in, in our effort to try and help somebody. And, and, and so I'm saying to you that that was, that was, that was a tough time for me. That was a tough time. That's a tough time. Uh, A lot of times guys see, they see you, they hear you, they admire you, uh, sometimes jealous of you, but they don't know your story. They don't know, yes. Yes. they don't know. One of the things you, you ask about the one of the illustrations from the woman king. Yes. One of the powerful moments in the story, and there are many, 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 was the scars, the scars. You, 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 you gain your honor by the battle scars. You, you, you become who you are by the, by, by the marks on your soul, on your psyche, on your body that clearly indicate that you are who you say you are. And that that was one of the many themes in this story. And it is true in ministry. Uh, Gaddis, Paul talks about the marks on his body. And when you are committed to this journey as a shepherd, get ready. That's right. Get ready. And that's so, so yeah. that's so go important. ahead, go ahead, get us. I, I, I just don't want to, no, 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 you fine. That, that's so important, what you just said, and that, and that, um, that piece. I just shared this with my congregation in Acts chapter 5 at the end of verse 32. It talks about the, the disciples being arrested time and time again for preaching in Jesus' name. You know, we know that they were threatened, said, Don't preach in Jesus' name. And, they kept preaching, and and um, as they are arrested this next time, the, the Holy Spirit releases them through the power of God, and they're back in the temple preaching. So religious leaders make their way back to where they thought they were, and the guards are still there. Everything's intact. They're not there. Someone comes and said they're in the, in the temple preaching and teaching again. And so then they go before the Sanhedrin. There is this... Uh, Amelia that that begins to say, you know, we've had other people, other leaders who died, and uh, and their uh, followers scattered, and so if this be that, then they'll go away. But he said, if it's not, and if it is of God, they won't. And then he says, I I believe we all take our hands off of him. Yes, they agree. They beat him. And the Bible says that once they were beat, they left 
celebrating and rejoicing because they were able to share in the suffering of Christ. Yes. And I think a lot of times when it comes to ministry, people don't understand that the anointing and the insight and uh, your the way that your hermeneutics and exegesis is 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 developed is through those stripes, through yeah. the suffering yeah. that yeah. you're able to go through it, and you're saying if God is able to bring me through it, surely somebody in this congregation needs to hear that God will get them through it as well. Yes. How many times have you preached? You know, uh, hope. And uh, you were encouraged by the preaching of hope while you were going through that. But then there are others in your congregation who are going through the same thing and they, or something similar. And they hear you and they see you and they see you uh, extending yourself to be transparent and to show your scars. And they're able to go, well, I can stay in this. You know, I can do my part and I can join it with my pastor. One of the amazing things that you shared was about the mothers praying for you. And you know, our ministry is just based upon just helping uh, those that sit in the pew to partner with those that stand in the pulpit by lifting them up in prayer. And you so elegantly said how they prayed you through. And that's the message that as pastors, we are people. While we are called to be shepherds, we are sheep. And sheep take care of their own. And so when when members are able to see us as people and they're able to uh, see our tears and they can see our struggles and they can they can hear the strain in our voice, they can look in our eyes and see that we have we have nothing. And they're able to do something. That's what God intends. He said, I'm gonna give you pastor after my own heart. And he said, if I give them to you, then it's your job as the sheep to handle and to take care and to honor and to respect your pastor and watch over him yeah. as he watches over you. So, Pastor, thank That's you so much for sharing. Uh, well, well, you. Will you just take a few moments and share some final words? And then will you just pray uh, for some pastor who may be watching or a congregation of people who who have a good pastor and and they see their pastor struggling and when you pray for them to encourage them as well. I'd, I'd be honored, uh, Gaddis. I, I wanna say something before I do that. I wanna honor you, Gaddis, for taking up something that is significant but is not given proper attention. What you're doing is so significant but it is not given proper attention. And what I mean by that is these stories that you're collecting are timeless. The theme is universal. Paul wrestled with this. He talked about the day-to-day -day struggle 
of the church. After he listed all that he suffered, he talked about the day-to-day struggle of the church. And too often, it is not given proper care, proper attention. Uh, And so I want to applaud you for giving voice to something significant but is not given proper, adequate, sufficient attention. And so I want to bless you. I want to say to the pastors listening, we're going to have to labor at being more transparent. We are, in some regards, part of our own problem. There are some ministers who give the impression that they are somehow higher than the membership. I believe the mandate on our lives requires more, but the flesh is the flesh is the flesh. And so it's it's significant that we labor more at being transparent, being honest and forthright with one another. Uh, sometimes that costs something, but it's it's worth the expense. It's worth the expense. Father, I thank you for this God-man and for the calling that rests on his life. What he's been assigned to is bigger than Oklahoma City. It's larger than America. I pray that you give win to the vision to the calling to the ministry that you've saddled him with. I pray God for the pastors who are viewing. I pray that the material that Pastor Gaddis has gathered will be disseminated, will be shared, will be used. Some uh, PhD student may want to make this a dissertation topic and explore it at a level that uh, it can be academically appreciated, maybe through psychology or through pastoral care. I I don't know, Lord, but you know, you know, you know the seeds that are being sown as a result of this pastor and his accessing other pastorates and other ministers sharing their story. God, all of the glory belongs to you. We we bow in humble submission. It is our high honor to share our scars, to share our stories, to share uh, such that we make the road a little smoother for the, those who are coming behind us. We give you glory. Now bless Pastor Gaddis's family, bless his ministry, bless that fine church. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share some of my pain. We ask that you bless those who are listening. In your name we pray. Thank God and amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Will. You know that I love you with everything I have. You are I appreciate a you. I tremendous um, personality, and you have been dear to my heart for many, many years. 
So thank you all for joining us for Praying for Pastors Fellowship each day at noon on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. For the rest of the month of October, we're going to be hearing from pastors all across the country, hearing their testimonies of times when they had to preach hope while going through hell. And to encourage pastors and people, and as always, remember to pray for your pastor because your pastor, pastors are people too. Pre-order your copy of our new book, Playing Hurt, Preaching Hope While Going Through Hell, today at www.prayingforourpastor.com.